Welcome to I Was Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we help you help other people. I'm Kate. I'm here with Leslie. How are you doing, Leslie? Great, Kate. Thanks for having me. Are you ready to continue our tough love series? I am. <laughs> love it out. Um, in case any listeners missed last week, we uh, started talking about the things that we do that we might label tough love. Last week, we focused on scare tactics, shame tactics, and guilt trips. Uh, We found out that of those three approaches, guilt might be the only one that has any hope of actually being helpful. Um, And it gets a bad rep, but, you know, guilt focuses on a person's behavior and shame focuses on who they are as a person. Uh, If you're curious about any of this, I'd encourage you to go back and check it out if you haven't already. This week, we're going to talk about cutting people off or cutting them out. I hear this a lot. Things like, you know, Cade, I was just enabling his behavior, so I had to cut him out. It's better for him in the end. So there's a lot to unpack with the idea of cutting people out or cutting them off. Um, So spoiler alert to the listeners, um, this is a very case-by-case thing. Mm -hmm. As I was getting ready for this, I was really searching for some kind of rule of thumb. Like, if this is happening, cut them off. (laughs) And if that's not happening, stick around. It's a very case-by-case thing. So I feel like the only way to go about this is to just give some examples and walk through those. And I don't know, maybe by the end, we'll be a step closer to some kind of formula for this, but unlikely. Any initial thoughts from you, Leslie, about this idea of maybe when it's time to just kind of cut someone off or cut them out of your life? I mean, I think that, like you said, it's so case by case, and it really has to consider the history of everything. Um, And it also has to consider what your intention is by doing it. Yeah. What do you? What do? You, what's the outcome you're looking for? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, I feel like is important to know is sometimes people are like, "Well, I'll I'll show him." Yeah. You know, I'll I'll just stop. I'll give him the silent treatment. I'll cut him out. I'll delete him on Facebook or whatever. Um, they're trying to prove a point. Right. Um, and I very much feel like that's not, um, not actually helpful, and uh, nor is it effective in my. Opinion. At, at best, it's a little bit embarrassing for the person who's trying to prove the point because they, they end up with, um, what's the this, this saying, like egg on their face or yeah. something like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, to, to give an example, I, I elected to um, cut someone out, um, and it was a hard decision, but it was also a very easy decision um, because there was a lot, of, a lot of history and a lot, there was like a final moment of, okay. Um, that's a wrap. Um, and then I reconnected with that person uh, five years later, and wanting to, you know, keep, you know, uh, you know, to to reinstill this relationship or something. Mm-hmm. You Wait, know, night. there you go. Um, I I apologized. I mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm really sorry that this, um, you know, that this kind of we we haven't been able to. But sorry, I just said him. I'm sorry. But this had to happen. Yeah. And he said, I forgive you. 
And I think I screamed, listener. <laughs> I think I screamed into a pillow because I was like, are you kidding? I didn't talk to you for five years and you never once thought this could have been your fault. Yeah, you apologized and were forgiven, but you were hoping for an apology back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, this will, this will, you know, if nothing else worked, this will let him see the error of his ways. Mm. He'll finally realize, you know, how, like treating someone like he did is, it's, it's not going to be, it's not the right way. Don't do this. Um, it's not a lesson that I taught him. <laughs> yeah, you you gave the apology to get an apology, and mm-hmm. looking back, you're wondering if that was even worth it. No, I mean, like it it was for me feeling you know like like less guilt or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if anything else, it was just an eye-opening moment because I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you just reaffirmed why we had to do this in the first right, place. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes people try to make a rule of thumb, like, if someone's not sorry, cut them off. Um, I don't know. I still think that's a tough one to stick to all the time. Mm-hmm. It's tempting. Right. But I can think of times where someone did something to me, they were not sorry, and I still felt like the relationship was important enough that I didn't cut them off. Right. Sometimes people try to make a rule of thumb like, well, you don't cut out family. Family you always stick by. No. I think sometimes family is toxic, and sometimes family will really hurt you. And so I can't get behind that as a rule either. And that's why I'm probably just going to share some examples. And um, if, if any listeners are able to come up with like a rule around this, please share it because I'm still looking for one. Here's, here's one that came to mind, not, not a rule, an, an example. Um, I know someone who has a daughter away at college. Um, let's, I mean, I'm always changing names of people on the podcast. So let's just call my friend Mary and her daughter is Diana. Uh, Mary complains to me all the time. She says things like, Kate, uh, Diana is calling me like five times a day with ridiculous questions that she should be able to answer for herself. And she's at college now. She's living on her own. And she's asking me like, you know, mom, I can't find my shoes. What should I do? (laughs) Or I bought the wrong book for class. What do I do? I got on the wrong subway. What do I do? And... I have heard a lot of people confront my friend Mary and say, Mary, you have to stop this. Don't even pick up your phone. Cut cut her off from all of this like super hands-on parenting. No one's hmm. saying cut her out of your life. It's your daughter. Right. But they are saying cut her off from all of this help. Make her do it on her own. And they say things like, Diana's got to learn to stand on her own two feet. Now, personally, I think it's true that Diana does need to learn to stand on her own two feet. But there's probably a better way to go about this than to just like stop answering a phone. So I was thinking about it and I was like, well, probably if I were Mary, I would pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. I would hear Diana's concern as ridiculous as it might sound. I would try to withhold my judgment, at least not show it, even if I'm deep down judging. And then I might say something like, you know, Diana, I love that you're so open to help. Um, A lot of people are afraid to accept help from others. Sometimes, though, I think you could practice trusting yourself. So I'm not going to solve this for you because I'm so confident you can solve it for yourself. And when you do, I want to hear all about it. Something like that, I think, says I'm, I'm rooting for you. I believe in you. I am drawing a line. I'm cutting off all of the, like, I'll come to your dorm room and find your shoes crap. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. 
Um, so she is drawing a line and pushing Diana to stand on her own two feet, but in a way that says, I know that you can. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think that that's a that's a probably a really good reaction to that, and you know there there comes a point where where uh, Mary has got to be thinking that she, that her intervention is like the fact that she's always solving these problems is going to hinder Diana's development. Yes, um, you know, and at this you know crucial time of uh, you know post adolescent mm-hmm. pre hashtag adulting. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and and you know I, I feel that Mary is like it, she's feeling that um, you know I wonder if she could say something like well you know if if, if Diana's not responding well to mm-hmm. you, you essentially figure out yourself yeah you know talk me through this what are your thoughts yeah what do you think you could do Diana right. um, and then just I'm just gonna listen and I, I I'm here to support you and mm-hmm. I, I just want to hear you know what your internal you know, process is mm-hmm. thinking these things through, and then maybe I can give you some some yeah. ideas after that. Yeah, because my worry is that sometimes, uh, out of wanting to be helpful, the theme of all of our episodes, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wanting to be helpful, sometimes we help too much, and we accidentally send a message that we don't mean to send, which is, I don't think you can do this without me. Right. And that's detrimental. That's a harmful message. It's actually kind of a mean message if you think about it. A kind message is, you don't need me. I have friends call me all the time and ask for my advice, and I go, you don't need me. Um, I, I want to hear all about this. I'm not ending the call. Like, keep talking to me, but there's there's nothing I can add. You do not need my input. I'm just going to, you know, I'm curious about this. I'm interested. I'm involved, but, like... I got I got nothing for you, girl. You know better than I do. That's actually kind of a good tip of how to get away from therapizing your friends. <laughs> the thing is, even when you say that, people still think you're therapizing. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm real quick. When someone goes, "What should I do, Kate?" I go, "I don't know. You don't need me." And you know, they usually laugh. And I say, "You absolutely know better than I do." I mean, if you if people really push me on it, I'll say, well, look, I could I could think of some possibilities, but the, they're the same ones you've thought of, and here they are. And they go, yeah, yeah, I thought of those. Mm-hmm. I have another story, but before I just keep rambling, anything come to mind for you? No. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Something will come up later. No, that would have been the perfect moment for you to be like, you got this, Kate. You don't need me. <laughs> oh, guys, I see the opportunity and I failed. I failed the opportunity. So, I, you know. I guess the story of Mary and Diana it was more one of like cutting someone off from like lots of support. That's not really cutting someone out. Right. This, I think they call that cutting the cord. Cutting the cord. That's that's what I was looking for mm-hmm. when I was getting ready for this. That's exactly what that is. This next example, though, I think is more cutting someone out. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> 90s reference. I love it. So this is about another friend of mine. And again, I'm going to change her name, but let's, let's call her Jeanette. Um, and for a long time, Jeanette was in a relationship with a guy who drank a lot. Mm. Um, and on top of that, he had some anger uh, problems. I, I'm going to say problems because even he would describe them as problems. Um, and some potential mental health problems. I say potential because I think they were undiagnosed and untreated, but the signs were there. Um, and she was really struggling in the relationship with him. 
because he was not seeking any help for any of these things. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't being treated for alcohol use or anger problems or potential mental health issues. Um, and at one point, she was trying to tell him, look, I'm really unhappy in this relationship. And she was identifying the issues that were bothering her. And he, let's call him Ron. <laughs> By the way, we should keep a, like, a log of these names so we don't reuse them. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Um, let's call him Ron. Ron said something back to her like, look, I know I have problems, but if you love me, you'll help me through it. And I can't help how I am, but, you know, love is supposed to be in sickness and in health or for better or worse. And, and I need you to be understanding of my needs, not bail on me. So she called me and recapped this because I think he was really tapping in her that like compassionate soul mm -hmm. and, and challenging her. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of person are you that you would walk out on me when I have problems? Did you say that he guilted her? Um, or was that shaming? That, that might've been more shaming depending on how it was really delivered. You know, I got it. Well, it sounds like it was effective, so it might've been guilting. <laughs> well, it, it at least had her wondering. I don't know how effective it was, but I've thought about this kind of scenario a lot over the years. It's something that I, can't believe how frequently a friend will call me with this kind of scenario. And I'm always hearing from people who tell me, Kate, I'm in love with someone who really needs help, but they're not receiving help. Um, maybe weekly I get a message like that from someone. Yeah, really? Like, I'm in love with someone who needs help, but they are not getting help. What do I do? And I have, you know, even though I keep saying there's no formula here, I have developed a pretty firm position on this one. Here's my position. Of course, we should stick by people we love when they're struggling. You know, broadly, I can say that. Of course, I believe in supporting someone who's working to better themselves. And of course, I believe in standing by people in sickness and health for better or worse, etc. However, my position is we should only be expected to support someone as much as they are supporting themselves. So in the case of Jeanette and Ron, Ron was asking Jeanette to be more sensitive to his needs than he was of his own. Mm -hmm. um, he was not having the compassion for his condition he needed to have, and he wanted her to have it. Mm -hmm. Ron wasn't taking any steps to help himself. He was not seeking care. He was not trying, and he wanted my friend to do all the work. And I encourage people to draw the line there. I frequently advise people to do the same. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that that's a, a really, it's like a tough line because you want to help, but when someone is asking you to be the one who does all the work, they're not, <clears throat> honestly, what, like, you, mm, I kind of feel like you can't solve their problem. Mm -mm. Honestly, the best thing that can happen is that you are there to support them as they solve their own problem. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I, I kind of um, feel like this on a couple different levels, when, you know, is, is that, you know, when, when you do solve the problem for somebody, it's not really helping them in the long run or even in the short term. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it sounds like even though I, you know, I, I feel for Jeanette, she just wants to help, and she, she obviously cares for this guy a lot. Um, but she, would her 
doing this kind of eventually help the situation or is she just going to run herself ragged who knows all of those Uh, things are possibilities and I think that you know it might be due to the work that I do but I I feel like I'm surrounded by a social circle that is particularly compassionate and sensitive I'm very lucky (laughs) and it seems like it's it's my group of friends who really hang their hat on I'm a caring person I don't stigmatize, I don't judge, I'm accepting. And those are wonderful qualities. That's probably what draws me to them in the first place. However, people can weaponize those against you Mm -hmm. when they are not doing the same thing for themselves. They are not accepting and compassionate toward themselves, and they are essentially asking you to be better than them. So I'm using a lot of pronouns here, let me be clear. In this example, I think Ron was asking Jeanette be better than me. You know, be more compassionate to this condition. Be more sensitive to the needs of people who have mental health problems. But I'm not going to do that for myself. Because if he was doing that for himself, he would get himself some kind of care. I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying he would be in this straight line toward healing. Mm-hmm. It would be very complicated and it would be a struggle. But I, I felt that in the case of my friend Jeanette, if she saw him actually making the effort, she could make some effort too. But if he's not, then I think it's safe for her to say, I need to part ways. Is there a, a, a time bracket that you're thinking there? Because I could see, like, you know, with especially with, like, mental health things, I feel like I see people, you know, make some progress, you know, one step forward, two steps back kind, mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, and, you know, you know, I could see someone being like, you know, there are times where I am being proactive and I'm getting treatment and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working towards this, but there are also times where I dip and yeah. I am... Um, That's I'm, the most common scenario. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't have a timeline in mind. This is where I guess my firm position gets less firm. Sure. You know, I, I would trust people to, to figure that out. But I, I, I feel it's important to send this message to the people in my life as a way of like giving them permission to step away from having to always be the compassionate, accepting right. caretaker um, that it is all right to set some boundaries and say this just is not working for me and it doesn't take away that you're a good person. You are still a good person. You're right. still a compassionate person. And they're kind of manipulating and saying, why aren't you having empathy for me supporting? So when you're saying like cut that person out. Well, in this case, you know, for my friend it was they broke up. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, you know, I'm being playful with the terms cutting people out and cutting people off just because I think that when we when folks use phrases like tough love, they're often in that same ballpark of language. Right. Like, you know, this person is just, I've had it. I'm going to give them some tough love. I'm cutting them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I am kind of borrowing the language from, from folks who, you know, m- might use it. But, yeah, in, in this scenario, I'm saying it's okay to walk away from a relationship with someone and maybe not stand by them in a time of need if they are not supporting themselves at all. You know, I think maybe a helpful analogy um, for this, not to not to get businessy on this, but um, there's something I've heard, and I forgive me for not knowing who invented this because it certainly wasn't me, um, <laughs> but, you know, you're the CEO of your own life, mm-hmm. right? So if you're thinking, if you're the CEO of a company, you have stakeholders and and constituents and a whole realm of people to support, and, you know, you have to make the right choice for the business. Um, 
it's harder to do that with our own lives. But if you think about if I were running my life, if I were the CEO of my own life, who do I need to promote? Who do I need to demote? Mm. Who do I need to fire? Yeah. And you know, sometimes you can demote somebody and keep them in the wings. Mm-hmm. And you know, when they're when they're ready to come out of the wings and be a, a key player, you can promote them again. You don't have to say like that's it forever. Um, but maybe that's it for now. Now, yeah. you know, for Jeanette and Ron, you know, cutting, you know, breaking up with someone is usually pretty um, conclusive. But, pretty final. Um, <laughs> Not always, right. but pretty th- in this case, yeah. So maybe like thinking, you know, I if, love it. If I were, if I were, you know, running my life like a business, and because like you know, all of us, we have people who are looking to us, you know, for something. Mm-hmm. We have those stakeholders, right? So if it's family, if it's friends, if it's people that look to us for guidance. Um, then you know we have um, you know people who we want to we want to help, and the more the more successful we are in our own lives, the more we can help, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've, I'm so glad you use that analogy because I think that's something that people will remember after listening to this. You know, what Jeanette did and what Ron did, no one's going to remember, but that analogy is something that might stick for people. And because this show is about helping other people, you know, and I think so far we've given examples of how this might help ourselves. <laughs> um, you know, I want to offer this position that I'm, I'm, I'm framing with Ron and Jeanette as something that you can say to a friend who's unsure about staying or going. And it's obviously not our place to tell people what to do. I mean, ultimately, your friends who are in this situation are going to have to figure that out for themselves. But it is something that you can present as, a, as one way of looking at it. And what's amazing to me is how often I am called upon to do this. Hmm. How often someone says to me, I love this person, but they are asking me to love them more than they love themselves. What should I do? And again, I always begin with, I cannot tell you what to do. You know best what you can do, can't do, want to do. I can, however, propose a way of looking at this, which is if this person you love could love themselves as much as you love them, it might be worth sticking around. And if they can't, you're doing all the work. Right. But to go back to that, you know, CEO analogy, maybe your friends are coming to you because you're on their board of trustees. Oh. You know? Oh, we could go all day. <laughs> oh, a metaphor. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so they're coming to you knowing that ultimately they have to be the one making decisions, but they're, you know, if you are the one saying, okay, yep, you're right, cut them out, like that's, oh, you know. Yeah. That, no, that's a recipe for disaster. Right. So I'm glad that we're pausing on that a little bit because even though I said, you know, I have this position and I will share this with friends, um, the last thing I want listeners to do is start calling up friends and saying, you got to cut this guy out of your life. Um, that's That's heading down the wrong path because – when your friend takes that advice and then is unhappy, they're going to look back at you and say, you told me to do this. Right. So we really don't know and what's... Get, then guess who they're going to cut out of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it that yeah. way. Um, so Because honestly, if they do decide, okay, if Jeanette, if Jeanette says, Kate, you know, do I, do I break up with Ron? And, Ron, uh, and Kate says, yeah, see you later, bye. And then Jeanette gets back together with Ron... Jeanette's gonna feel weird about being friends with Kate anymore. She's gonna feel like she let her down. She's, yeah. Like she she went behind, you know, like against her. Gets messy. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the message might be something like, Jeanette, I'm gonna love you no matter what. I trust you to make the right decision. Um, but I just want to 
pose a possibility to you, which is maybe Ron is asking you to care more and love more and work harder than he is willing to work for himself. And just say, any, any thoughts, Jeanette? Like, what do you think about that? And just let her react. And however she reacts, she reacts. There's no point in arguing with her or pushing it too hard. Um, I I love, I gotta say, I love the way that you posed that. And sometimes these little like um, repositioning of of wording, we feel like, oh, that, you know, a word here and there can have minor impact. But what you just did, Kate, was really essential. You didn't say, I think you should do blah, 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 or you should do X, Y, and Z, or here's my opinion, you should do this, or, you know, well, why don't you, whatever. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And so if in the back of Jeanette's mind is, I I gotta say goodbye to Ron, and that opens the door for her to acknowledge that potential, she's doing it on her own volition. Yeah, and, you know, one twist is to, rather than pose this idea, is ask Jeanette to fill in the blanks. I might say something like, okay, Jeanette, just answer a question for me. Do you ever feel like maybe you're working harder than he is? And very likely, because Jeanette's a you know real person with a different name in my life, <laughs> but very likely Jeanette would say, oh my God, every day. I tiptoe around him. I try to create an environment where he won't get angry about anything. I don't give him bad news because he might explode. I'm sensitive when he nitpicks every little thing I do. And if I asked her, do you ever find that it feels like that? And she says, yes. Well, now she's telling me this. I'm not telling her. So that's maybe one other twist on it. And as I said, I would love to present in this episode some kind of rule of thumb like okay when this happens do this um and it's just impossible to do that i've given the two examples one was of a mother sort of drawing a line around offering too much help to a child cut the cord cut the cord and the other one was maybe more about ending a relationship um there are endless possibilities of how this might come up and and they're hard to predict And I think as long as we stay open to the possibility that it might be okay sometimes to draw a line and say enough, and it might actually be the kinder, more humane and helpful thing to do. It's murky, but I think as long as both people in the relationship are trying to make things better, it could be, could be worth sticking around. And maybe that's the closest thing we're going to come to a rule of thumb or some formula to this. Um, and even that has a lot of caveats and, and exceptions to the rule. Um, but I think I'm comfortable leaving this a little bit vague. I think if we leave it at, look, folks, sometimes you might feel like it's quitting or, or giving up on someone, but it can actually be what's best for both people to draw some lines. Maybe it's best we take a little time. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. This, as you know, is part of a series of all about tough love. And, you know, we've covered things like trying to do scare tactics or shame tactics. And today we're talking about maybe cutting people out or off. But this topic overlaps so much with the next one. And so I'm really hoping people tune in next week because we're kind of taking the idea of cutting people out or off one step further. Mm. And we're going to talk about ultimatums. Mm. When you say to someone like, you have to do this or else. Right. Um, 
And so I think that it maybe a lot of the things we talked about this week will, will resurface next week, not to be completely repetitive, but I think it might relate to this, what feels to me like amping up um, when you start to issue like the official <laughs> ultimatum, right. like like it always it somehow feels so formal. Like I'm here to offer you an ultimatum. <laughs> like this is not vague anymore. This is not wishy washy. Now I have really laid down an expectation with a consequence. Um, so I hope folks decide to tune in next week to talk about that. Can't wait. All right. Thanks everybody. Since that day I live in a dream